Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. It's here. Mayor Bill de Blasio has made New York City the first major city in the country to require vaccine passports for virtually all indoor activities, including restaurants and theaters. Will cities and states around the country be following suit? Plus, a time for reckoning for Andrew Cuomo as New York's attorney general reports that the left's favorite governor sexually harassed multiple staff members in violation of state and federal laws. Those stories coming up in tonight's Hold the Line. Welcome to Hold The Line, I'm Buck Sexton. We've been telling you that this was coming for a while here. We've known that there would be a push for even greater restrictions and mandates because of the Delta variant out there. And now you have a first in this country, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio announcing that there is now going to be, starting in just a matter of weeks, a vaccine requirement, that's right, a mandate If you want to eat in a restaurant, if you want to go to a bar, if you want to go to a theater, here's what he said. So today I announce a new approach, which we're calling the key to NYC pass, the key to New York City. When you hear those words, I want you to imagine the notion that because someone's vaccinated, they can do all the amazing things that are available in this city. This is a miraculous place, literally full of wonders. And if you're vaccinated, all that's going to open up to you. You'll have the key. You can open the door. But if you're unvaccinated, unfortunately, you will not be able to participate in many things. That's the point we're trying to get across. It's time for people to see vaccination as literally necessary to living a good and full and healthy life. The key to NYC pass will be a first in the nation approach. It will require vaccination for workers and customers in indoor dining, in indoor fitness facilities, indoor entertainment facilities. This is going to be a requirement. A requirement, a mandate. The state saying that these uh, institutions, these different businesses will have to check your vaccine papers, so to speak, before you can go inside. Now, whatever happened to medical freedom, whatever happened to individual choice, Democrats, including Joe Biden, six, seven months ago, were saying we're not going to mandate that everyone get the shot. But now in New York City, that's exactly what they're doing. Oh, and by the way, you know how mask mandates didn't do a damn thing during the pandemic? Doesn't matter. Libs think it's like a religious symbol now. 
They want to put it on even if it doesn't do anything. Louisiana Governor Edwards has announced a statewide mask mandate for Louisiana. We're the worst in the country in terms of this COVID surge. And that is because of the Delta variant, which is a game changer. And the fact that, quite frankly, not enough people have been vaccinated here in Louisiana. So today I am temporarily reinstating the Louisiana statewide mask mandate for all people, both vaccinated and unvaccinated, when they are indoors and in public. Indoors and in public. Hmm. So now we're going to have masks for everybody in the state of Louisiana. There'll be other places that are likely to follow suit as well. You already have masks in Los Angeles. You have masks in D.C. indoors. Now Louisiana. Does it ever stop to think, does this stuff work? Does it actually do anything or does it just make some people feel better? Do they just prefer that surge of power coming out of their fingertips as they type these statements out? Madness. And it's not only those who are adults who are affected by this. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine says, now he's not using the power of the state to force children to mask up in schools. He's just the governor and he's telling you, we should mask up all the kids in all the schools. Uh, we came out last week uh, with recommendations. There are recommendations. We leave it up to the local schools, 600 and some local schools. We leave it up to them, but we have a strong recommendation that because the population in school, kids in school, uh, most of them are unvaccinated. Um, you know, obviously we can't get anybody 11 and under vaccinated yet. So most of these kids are unvaccinated. And we had great success last, last winter, last school year. We saw virtually no spread in the classroom when all the kids were wearing masks. So we recommend, strong recommendation to our schools that they do that. Now, some will do that, some will not. But uh, it's clear the evidence shows that that's a way to really slow down spread in the school. And we think it's very important. That's not true. I mean, what evidence is he talking about? Children are at very low risk from this disease in the first place, entirely acceptable risk, and are very unlikely to spread the disease to adults, even if they were to get it. So where's this data about masks in schools being so effective? They just say things. They don't, they don't even stop to think, can I even begin to prove the statements that I make as fact? Can I even begin to back this up? They don't care. I mean, here's NIH Director Francis Collins, who's telling parents, that if they have unvaccinated kids, the parents, even if they're vaccinated, should wear masks at home. Anybody who tries to tell you, ah, oh, you don't have to worry about it if you're a young, healthy person, there's many counterexamples all around us now. Well, so yeah, you do need to think about it. And that's the reason why the recommendations are uh, for kids under 12, uh, that they avoid being in places where they might get infected, which means recommendations of mask wearing in schools, and that at home, uh, parents of unvaccinated kids should be thoughtful about this. And the recommendation is to wear masks there as well. And wear masks at home. These people are psychopaths. I mean, they've really got a problem. There's something deeply wrong with public health officials who are telling you that the responsible thing to do is to wear a mask at home with your own children. Why don't we all just live in bubbles? Why don't we all not, not leave our apartments? Oh, that's right. We'll have the servant class bringing us our food and taking care of everything. We'll just, you know, work from home forever. There are a lot of libs that seem to think that's the best way forward because how do you know you're not going to get another respiratory virus out there? can't leave your home. 
This is madness. This is cowardice. It is insanity. And we need to organize a serious pushback against this because they're not done. Right now, we're looking at some of the policies, things like the vaccine passport requirement in New York City and saying, maybe they'll get tired of this. Maybe they'll be uh, enough that we'll actually do that finally they'll let us go back to our lives. But just understand this, the White House right now, Jen Psaki with this White House is telling everybody, you know, nothing. I mean, they say we won't go back into the severe shutdowns of 2020, but nothing is off the table because they believe that COVID zero, meaning we have to take COVID to zero, that's what we're fighting for. Play it. I'm not, obviously the president is uh, keeping the option open of uh, making sure that he is, uh, that the CDC and our public health officials uh, can make recommendations on what's needed to keep the American people safe. I'm not in a position to preview that uh, or to get ahead of any decisions they may make. Uh, what I can reiterate though is, uh, and you heard Dr. Fauci and Dr. Collins reiterate this this weekend, uh, we've been clear we're not going back to the shutdowns of March of 2020. Uh, we are not going back to the economy shutting down. We've made too much progress. Too many people are vaccinated. There's been too much progress on the economic front. But again, uh, he has said from the beginning that we are going to be guided by the science, guided by our public health experts, and we're not going to take options off the table of what they may recommend. No options off the table. These people are lunatics and they're power mad and they're not just going to give back power. We're going to have to take it from them. All right, coming up, the governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, is speaking out after New York's attorney general had a report out that he sexually harassed multiple state employees in violation of law. It has been a hard and a painful period for me and my family, especially as others feed ugly stories to the press. First, I want you to know directly from me that I never touched anyone inappropriately or made inappropriate sexual advances. I am 63 years old. I've lived my entire adult life in public view. That is just not who I am. And that's not who I have ever been. New York City Councilman Joe Borelli joins us next to discuss these bombshell revelations today. But before we get to the Cuomo saga, let me tell you about my friends at My Digital Money. Everybody wants to invest in cryptocurrencies, but it's not that easy to get started. That's why Colin Plume, the CEO of Noble Gold, decided to create My Digital Money. It's an easy-to-use, self-trading crypto IRA platform with concierge-level customer service. It's one of the few U.S.-based cryptocurrency companies that will answer your phone call and help you get started. Because your comfort and security is their absolute top priority, so they offer an unparalleled military-grade security for your coins, Trigger orders to help you secure opportunities for gains or limit losses without having to watch your account 24-7. A play money account so you can test the market without risking your money. And with the recent pullback of most of the major cryptocurrencies, this might be the best time to get into this exciting technology-based investment. When it comes to your money, you deserve a team of dedicated professionals that have your back, speak to you honestly, and treat you like a human, not just a number. Check them out at MyDigitalMoney.com. That's MyDigitalMoney.com. We'll be right back with more Hold the Line. The independent investigation has concluded that Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed multiple women and in doing so violated federal and state law. Specifically, the investigation found that 
Governor Andrew Cuomo sexually harassed current and former New York State employees by engaging in unwelcome and non-consensual touching and making numerous offensive comments of a suggestive and sexual nature that created a hostile work environment for women. New York Attorney General Leticia James dropping the hammer on New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, announcing the disgraced governor harassed current and former state employees. But after receiving an Emmy and a million-dollar book deal, is King Cuomo's reign finally coming to an end? Will the Democrats sleazeball get special treatment because of the double standard? Will he stay in the fight no matter what? Let's ask New York City Council member from Staten Island, the sage of Staten Island, Mr. Joe Borelli. Joe, good to see you. Thank you, Buck. Appreciate it. Just as we uh, sit here, Joe, in the last hour, we've had uh, a lot of a lot more information. The last few hours coming in about Democrats piling on here. Uh, President Biden has called for Cuomo to resign. Let's play it. Back in March, you said that if the investigation confirmed the allegations against Governor Cuomo, then he should resign. So will you now call on him to resign, given the investigator said the 11 women were credible? I stand by that statement. Are you now calling on him to resign? Yes. And if he doesn't resign, do you believe he should be impeached and removed from office? Let's take one thing at a time here. I think he should resign. I think he should resign. Joe. What does this mean for the governor of New York? That was a very uh, odd moment of clarity from uh, President Joe Biden. I mean, he was uh, correct. I mean, this is something that he committed to last March when he said if the criminal uh, investigation and civil investigation of the governor revealed that he actually did rope and harass women, he should resign. And kudos to the president for actually following up and and, and being clear on the record. Uh, The interesting thing is the litany of Democratic elected officials who are now coming out of the woodwork to call on Cuomo to resign. I mean, most important of the last uh, few minutes, the last few hours, uh, has been Speaker Carl Hasty, the Assembly Speaker, the person who pulls the strings for the Assembly Judiciary Committee, and uh, Assemblywoman Rodney's Bichotte, who is also the, the, the county chairwoman of the Brooklyn Democratic Party, the largest county in the state. So th- this is really revealing that the governor uh, has, has lost uh, every ally he could possibly turn to. And I think uh, with the Speaker's uh, state being so strongly worded that he can no longer stay in office, I think this is going to mean game, set, and match for this terrible, terrible human, Governor Cuomo. By, by the way, we were only just revealed uh, publicly uh, to, to, to basically everyone on planet Earth what people in Albany, people who served with, with me in the state assembly, people who worked around the Capitol, this is the guy they already knew. So this isn't surprising to, to so many people because he had such a bad record uh, and, and, and just terrible approach to dealing with other people. Look, if you and I groped anyone, by the way, in an Albany mansion, we would be in handcuffs right now. I mean, it's just, it just is insane the level of depravity this guy did as governor. Governor Cuomo has uh, attempted, according to the attorney general of the state of New York, to undermine and politicize the investigation. Listen to this. There were attempts to undermine and to politicize this investigation. And there were attacks on me as well as members of the team, which I find offensive. And our focus, again, should be on the bravery and the courage of these 11 women and of the others who came forward. These allegations were substantiated. They were corroborated. Joe, 
What did Cuomo try to do or what happened here? What she's referring to undermining and politicizing. Can you, can you just fill in the blanks there? How? What happened? Yeah, once he was interviewed last Saturday, he got a, a peek into what the prosecutors had on him uh, and what this uh, this report will actually contain. And he tried his best to, to undermine the credibility by attacking both uh, Attorney General Tish James. Now, she might run for governor, and, and I'll tell you six ways to Sunday why she will be a bad person to be governor. But I've known uh, Tish James for many years, and I know her to be a person of good character. And, and I wouldn't doubt the, 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 the truthfulness of her efforts into this report. And she, he, they, he tried to undermine the credibility of the prosecutors, the independent prosecutors that she hired. They tried to make the case that one of the prosecutors was somehow biased because when he was a part of the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Southern District of New York, he had the, the luxury of, of trying and convicting Governor Cuomo's right-hand man as though it was the prosecutor's fault. The governor's right-hand man was on the wiretaps uh, collecting bribes, uh, selling the administration, selling the governor's office out. I mean, it's just preposterous beyond uh, any scope we've ever seen in, in the last hundred years in, in Albany uh, with the governor's office. And this is someone who should be relegated at this point to the dustbin of history. Governor Cuomo tried to defend himself by having what I call today on radio a smooch slideshow. Just want to remind everybody of this. Play it. The New York Times published a front page picture of me touching a woman's face at a wedding and then kissing her on the cheek. That is not front page news. I've been making the same gesture in public all my life. I actually learned it from my mother and from my father. It is meant to convey warmth, nothing more. I do it with everyone, black and white, young and old. I now understand that there are generational or cultural perspectives that, frankly, I hadn't fully appreciated. And I have learned from this. Okay, Joe. I mean, he's basically saying, oh, I do this to everybody. Fine. Is he going to stay? I mean, is there is there... A chance he resigns. Is there a chance that if he doesn't resign, he will actually be removed by the New York State Legislature from office? How, how do you assess it right now? Yeah, I mean, once the speaker and the the leading Democrats politically in the state sort of telegraph that they don't want this guy to stay, none of the assembly members, Democrat or Republican, can now sell to their districts why they're letting Governor Cuomo slide. The evidence is too overwhelming. None of them can go back next year and run for re-election in a in a redistricted district, just like in Congress, with they're redistricting the state legislative seats, so people are unsure of the of the the exact district they'll be running in. So there's uncertainty. And the New York primary is in June. So this is less than a year away. It's 10 months away. So if the, all the political calculations that one would make would lead me to believe that just about every single Democrat in the State Assembly Judiciary Committee will vote to impeach based on this evidence. But look, look at that evidence that he's using as his defense. 
There's nothing wrong with kissing your mom on the cheek. There's nothing wrong with kissing your father on the cheek. He's accused, though, of going under a woman's shirt and grabbing her breast and grabbing people's buttockses uh, and making inappropriate comments about why they should you know, sleep with older men and things like that. Um, if it was limited to kissing one or two people on the cheek that felt uncomfortable, that might be one standard of punishment we should be looking at the governor. But that is not the sum of what he's standing accused of. And if his best defense is showing a picture of him touching the chin of some old veteran, then I would say he's up uh, you-know-what's creek without a paddle. Joe Borelli, good to see you, my friend. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Despite predictions the border crisis would subside during the summer months, video from Texas is showing thousands of migrants are still making their way into the country. Center for Immigration Studies' Andrew Arthur joins us next to give an update on the situation. Right now, I want to tell you about my friends at Done For You Real Estate. If you've ever thought about investing in real estate, I want you to take me up on this recommendation right now. Visit doneforyoubuck.com where you can learn more about my friends at Done For You Real Estate. If you haven't checked them out yet, let me make this easy for you. These guys have found a way to make real estate investing straightforward and their system flat out works. I know because I use it. It allows everyday hardworking Americans like you and me to finally own investment real estate without all the risk and difficulty of doing it on your own. I can't tell you in strong enough terms during the 60-second commercial how important it is you check these guys out. So how about this? If you visit doneforyoubuck.com, at the top of the page is a podcast interview I did with Done For You Real Estate where you can hear my experience with their company in my own words. I'll tell you about it in detail from picking the city, the house, the broker, the loan, even getting a tenant in place. So now I've got free cash flow coming to me every month. Visit doneforyoubuck.com, listen to the podcast interview, and give my friends a chance to show you what they can do for you. We'll be right back. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The main issue that we're facing now is that we have extremely limited bed capacity in our hospitals. Uh, and it's really pitting our residents with, with the migrants, uh, and that's very insensitive, even cruel, you know, to even create this environment where sick people are actually competing now for, for our beds. Uh. That was the mayor of Laredo, Texas, warning about the COVID crisis at our southern border as more and more illegal migrants are testing positive for the virus. This as new footage shows massive waves of migrants flooding the country, some of the infected ones sparking big outbreaks of COVID-19 in these border towns. So where's the White House in dealing with this crisis? And is the CDC's extension of Title 42 enough? Joining me now to discuss, Andrew Arthur, resident fellow in law and policy at the Center for Immigration Studies. Art, good to see you. Good to see you, Buck. Thank you for having me. 
All right, so CDC announced yesterday that Title 42 shall remain in effect until the CDC director determines the danger of further introduction of COVID-19 into the United States from covered non-citizens has ceased to be a serious danger to the public health and the order is no longer necessary to protect the public health. So what should we make of this? How much of a difference will this, will this cause uh, at the border and, and what happens next? It's not really going to have a very big effect at the border. Unfortunately, it's the right thing to do. Individuals who may be transmitting uh, COVID-19, especially the Delta variant, need to be kept out of the United States. Yale Health says it's highly contagious and can create uh, limited outbreaks in areas where people aren't vaccinated. So we need to keep those people out of the United States. But quite frankly, the Biden administration shouldn't be releasing any of them. By law, it doesn't have the authority to release them. It certainly doesn't have the ability to release them into uh, border communities where we're seeing uh, huge outbreaks like uh, the mayor described. What's going on right now when it comes to who's allowed to stay? I mean, under Title 42, how, how is it being used? Because we're seeing thousands and thousands of people weekly, daily in some cases, entering the United States. So what I mean, how is Title 42 being used up to this point and how are so many people still getting into the country? Well, the Biden administration had stopped using Title 42 for unaccompanied alien children. We've already seen 75,000 of them up uh, to the end of June this year. Uh, it's also not being used to uh, remove, expel family units if Mexico won't uh, take them. And the Mexican government, uh, the states along the border, have indicated that they won't take those family units back. So that's why you see so many migrants who are being released. Plus, there are still single adults who are being released into the United States rather than being expelled under Title 42. So it's really only the single adults then who up to this point have been pushed back across the border, so to speak, by the Title 42 protection. Well, what can you tell us about what's going on just day in and day out with the Biden administration's handling of this. I mean, this has been now a major story for months. The summer lull has not happened. If anything, June was a record month for illegal entry into the United States. What's what's going on? It's like the Biden administration. It's hard to, to watch what's happening or, and not think the Biden administration is perfectly fine with over a million, perhaps getting close to two million people illegally entering the U.S. and staying in the U.S. this year across our southern border. Yeah, they're not only perfectly fine with it, Buck, but they're actually doubling down on their policies. The Biden administration released what it called a blueprint uh, the other day for immigration, and all that that blueprint would do is encourage more people to enter the United States illegally. It would offer paid counsel for certain migrants. It would lower asylum standards from uh, what they've historically been. And even then, the Biden administration wants to fly in more migrants from Central America and spare them the trip to the United States. Now, that's a horrible trip. Nobody should be making it. But the Biden administration should have policies in place that dissuade people from entering this country illegally, not encouraging them. Where does this go? It seems like this is now status quo is people show up to America if they're in a family unit, they're an unaccompanied minor. They enter the asylum process, which just looks like a huge joke. It looks like a giant, wide-open door into America. And then they're released in the U.S. interior. There's not going to be... I mean, let me ask you about the federal enforcement side of it, actually. Where, where is that? Are we seeing real efforts to do interior enforcement from the Biden administration? Are they expelling people 
who don't show up for hearings or people that are, are otherwise in the U.S. illegally that have come across the border in this way? No, exactly the opposite, Buck. The Biden administration has actually eviscerated immigration enforcement in the interior of the United States based upon a canard that the Trump administration was so harsh in its policies. In reality, the Trump administration during any year removed fewer aliens than the Obama-Biden administration did between 2008 and 2014. So all of it is a complete farce. The Biden administration has simply stopped removing all except for aggravated felons, spies, terrorists, and gang members from the United States. So if you make it into the United States illegally, you're gonna be home free. You're never going to be removed. We have over 1.3 million aliens who are in removal proceedings. The Biden administration is attempting to terminate those, not giving people status, but just simply releasing them. So there is no interior enforcement. There's no border enforcement. The entire situation is a mess and the Biden administration seems to like it that way. Is it fair to call this an open border? How, how would you assess the, 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 the statement that the U.S.-Mexico border is open? It's wide open, uh, and it's not even open borders. It's no borders at all. Now, if you are expelled under Title 42, there are no ramifications. You simply get thrown out of the United States and give you the opportunity to come back into the country illegally again. But even for those people that the Biden administration apprehends and processes under the INA, 50,000 of them have been released without even giving them court dates, Buck. That means that if those people never show up to ICE as they promised to do in 60 days, and of that 50,000, only 6,700 have actually reported. But if they don't show up, then ICE has to go out and find them, put them into removal proceedings, wait until they get an order of removal or they don't show up for that hearing either. And only then can it commence removal proceedings, but the Biden administration stops them from doing uh, any removal. So. It's there. There are no borders at all right now, Buck. What do you think ends up happening here? Are the American people in polling and just you know in in the the data that we can pull on right now starting to recognize what a complete mess and a disaster this is? Are, are you seeing indicators of that, or is the media that's aligned with the Biden administration effective in, in effect in essentially suppressing the story? Well, we know from an ABC Ipsos poll that was conducted last week that 37% of Americans are approve of the Biden administration's uh, actions. That means that just about two out of three don't. In fact, only about two out of three Democrats actually approve the per, uh, president's performance at the border and on immigration. It's gonna be a huge vulnerability. It's probably the biggest vulnerability for Democrats going into the midterm. So if Joe Biden doesn't change his immigration policies quickly, which he's not going to do, he's probably gonna be facing a very hostile 118th Congress and more likely than not will not have a second term. Art, always appreciate the expertise and the insights, sir. Good to have you. Thank you so much. Brian. New York Times recently published a piece in which it was argued the right to vote should be expanded to include non-citizens. We'll have more on that with the First TV's Rob Smith when we come back. But if you're anything like me, you got to start your day with a nice dose of caffeine, and that means some delicious Black Rifle coffee. I mean, not only is this some of the best coffee I've ever had, it's a veteran-owned company that serves premium coffee to people who love America. Black Rifle is committed to supporting law enforcement, veteran, and first responder causes. And this summer, Black Rifle invites you to enjoy your coffee wherever it takes you. Black Rifle Coffee Company is here to fuel your way 
and it imports its high-quality coffee beans from all over the world and roasts them five days a week at their facilities in Manchester, Tennessee and Salt Lake City, Utah. The team at Black Rifle is continually researching and experimenting with new roasting methods and coffee origins to bring you the most delicious coffee and coffee drinks you could possibly get anywhere. Purchase at BlackRifleCoffee.com slash buck. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com slash buck. Use code buck at checkout for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. Fuel your summer with America's coffee, Black Rifle Coffee. We've got the first TV's Rob Smith in just a moment. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Have you ever wondered why the Biden administration hasn't stopped the ongoing crisis at our southern border? Well, maybe it's because they'd like to turn those illegal aliens, migrants, into Democratic voters in the not-too-distant future. Take a look at this opinion piece recently published in the New York Times. It's time for Democrats to radically expand the electorate. Democrats are likely to be the biggest beneficiaries of this change. Expanding the franchise in this way would give American democracy new life, restore immigrants' trust in government, and send a powerful message of inclusion to the rest of the world. What? Here with me to break this down is the host of the Rob Smith is Problematic podcast and contributor here to The First TV, Rob Smith. Rob, when you hear something like this, what does it tell you about the left's mindset when it comes to citizenship? Well, it tells me that they really don't care about citizenship all that much. And it's actually very shocking to me. This is really an instance of the left saying the quiet part out loud. And when you look at the policies that they've been pushing uh, over the past couple of years, specifically with what's going on right now at the southern border, it is very obvious that they want to import as many people into this country as possible for them to eventually turn into voters. Uh, but this is surprising that they're just being blatant and saying it. So no, they don't really care uh, that much about citizenship. It seems like they don't really care too much about America because it seems like they are so um, intent and so quick to just radically change who is voting in America. Um, this is to me out absurd, and it really speaks to where the left is at right now as a party. And let me just make one point that generally when progressives start doing something, this is what the left does. They will float the crazy ideas out there in somewhere like the New York Times, and the people will be like, oh, well, that's crazy. That can never happen. And then it makes its way into some of the more progressive members of, say, Congress or some of the more progressive influential figures. All of a sudden, in a decade, you and I are both racist if we are against it. So that's how this stuff works, Bob. Rob, it seems to me that the Democrats are increasingly embracing the notion that it, it just doesn't really matter if you're somebody who goes through the process, respects American laws or not, as long as 
you will add to their power by being a body, a person who votes for them, they're all in favor of it, which really starts to bring questions to mind like, well, then what does it even mean to be an American? Well, to them, it, it means nothing to be an American. I mean, honestly, when you talk to them, they're ashamed of it. They are always criticizing America. They are always bashing America. So this is very much in line with, you know, the, the way that they feel about this country. So that if American, if being American means nothing, if being a citizen means nothing, then being able to vote means nothing at all to them either. So why not throw out that right to millions of people who are not citizens? And by the way, the, the people that they are focused on the most are people that have already broken our laws by being here legally in the first place. It makes absolutely no sense unless you are a power mad Democrat politician. Rob, there was a lot of controversy. Actually, I got a fair amount of heat for talking about this on radio, and I, I wasn't expecting that it would be quite as, uh, as sensitive a topic as it turned out to be. Simone Biles, who stepped out of a few Olympic events and now came back, got a bronze medal, now we're told this is a you know a huge story of heroism and overcoming and all this other stuff. Uh, why why was there such a a tremendous backlash to making the very it would seem obvious observation that while it's fine to say that you're not emotionally or psychologically up for competing in a sports event, right? Everyone has that right. It's, it seems like a strange thing to say that everyone has to celebrate, and if you don't celebrate it, you're a bad person. And that was what the Democrat left was saying. What was going on? Uh, what was going on is just the wholehearted embrace of victim culture. You know, I read a tweet from Candace Owens, and she got it absolutely right. She said this, um, Simone pulling out of the Olympic sport doesn't make her a hero. It makes her somebody that is human, as we all are, that is fallible. So yes, you know, go get the rest um, that you need to get. But the media turned her into some sort of hero, some sort of martyr for the cause. And that didn't make a lot of sense either. And if you were a political commentator on the right, if you did anything but absolutely worship this choice by Simone Biles, you know, you were vilified for this. And this really speaks to how polarized every single thing is in this climate right now. I don't think it's a political conversation. I think that the conversation about America's embrace of victimhood culture and all of that stuff, I think that that defies left or right. That is something that if you're on the left or you're on the right, this is something that we should be concerned about because it, it, it affects our future. It affects the types of people that will be leaders in this country. And so, like I said, it just really does speak to how polarizing every single thing is. And it speaks to the idea that there is only one opinion that you are allowed to have. And that is the opinion that the left has said that you are allowed to. We also saw the uh, women's national soccer team at the Olympics taking a knee and then losing first to Sweden, then to Canada. And there was pretty substantial backlash among a lot of Americans, certainly based on what was trending online and, and what some of the commentary was around this. Rob, do you think that, that wokeness in sports is at least not as, as clear of a uh, brand-enhancing opportunity as perhaps it had seemed uh, when Colin Kaepernick was taking a knee and Nike was giving him a huge contract? Or is this just a one-off and you'll still see a lot of athletes doing this in the coming season? Well, you'll still see a lot of athletes doing this in the coming season in the future because you have to separate what is good for the personal athletes brand from what is good for the sports brand in general. Now, being woke wasn't great for the United States women's soccer team, but it is amazing for Megan Rapinoe. Look, she got a book deal. She's beloved in Hollywood. She's got subway endorsements. She's got all of the stuff that comes 
Uh, from the left, when you basically stand up to hate America, you will be handsomely rewarded. But in terms of the US women's soccer team, obviously getting woke didn't help. In terms of the ratings of the Olympics, which are tanking, I believe, double digits from 2016, being woke doesn't help. With the ratings of the, the NFL, um, the NBA, ESPN, all of that stuff. So being woke does not help these, um, these big brands, but it does help the individual athletes. It is the quickest, easiest way for them to get to notoriety, Twitter followers, and sponsorship dollars. We did want to celebrate one uh, athlete who had a really nice moment um, of both extreme athletic achievement, but also unabashed patriotism. Here's Tamira Mensah-Stock, who won one gold for U.S. Olympics in wrestling, the first ever black American female to win a gold medal in wrestling. And here's how she responds. That American flag around your shoulders looks pretty good. How does that feel to represent your country like this? It feels amazing. I love representing the U.S. I freaking love living there. I love it, and I'm so happy I get to represent U.S.A. I mean, I, I don't know if she's got a jersey, but I want to go buy her jersey. You know, it's wrestling. So I don't know if they do jerseys, but if they were selling Tamira Mensa stock jerseys, I would want to go get one. I, I'm hoping that other people feel like Supporting athletes, especially at the Olympics, who love their country is something we could all get behind. Yeah, I mean, this is an absolutely great moment. I just came across that on Twitter and I just couldn't help smile. It's so nice to see a, you know, a black female American. She's got the flag wrapped around her, her shoulders. She's expressing her patriotism um, and her love for this country uh, because that is what the Olympics are supposed to be about. In fact, that's what the Olympics used to be about. But like I said, um, when it comes to sponsorships and all of that stuff, the conservatives will embrace her. We will love um, this young lady. She will not be embraced. Uh, she will not get the sponsorships or anything else from the left or anything like that, because that is just not what is celebrated. And that is really sad. So it has to be on us as people that are patriots and people that love America to celebrate her and give her the notoriety that she deserves. Rob, always good to see you, man. Thanks for being with us. All right. Thanks, bud. A Democratic official wishes death on Lindsey Graham, and California makes a huge announcement, announcement about the recall election. We've got those stories coming up in Quick Hits. But first, let's talk about the cryptocurrency market. I mean, a lot of people want to get invested in a crypto these days, whether it's Bitcoin, Ethereum, or any of the dozens of tokens out there. But it's not that easy to get started. That's why Colin Plume, the CEO of Noble Gold, decided to create My Digital Money. It's an easy-to-use, self-trading crypto IRA platform with concierge-level customer service. It's one of the few U.S.-based cryptocurrency companies that will answer your phone call and help you get started. And because your comfort and security is their absolute top priority, they offer an unparalleled military-grade security for your coins, trigger orders to help you secure opportunities for gains or limit losses without having to watch your account 24-7, a play money account so you can test the market. And with the recent pullback of most of the major cryptocurrencies, this might be the best time to get into this exciting technology-based investment right now. When it comes to your money, you deserve a team of dedicated professionals that have your back, speak to you honestly, and treat you like a human, not just a number. Check them out at MyDigitalMoney.com. That's MyDigitalMoney.com. Quick hits are up next. Bill Maher blasts the left's woke ideology in California goes to mail-in ballots for this year's recall election. Let's get into it in today's Quick Hits. Uh, look. Sometimes Bill Maher gets it right over on HBO. I've done the show a couple of times. There can be some interesting conversations over there. And when it comes to 
The insane wokeness situation that has overtaken Democrat-aligned ideological proclivities, uh, some people on the left are starting to recognize this is just madness. And I mean, the woke leftist ideology says that surfing undermines the native Hawaiian art form because it has been appropriated by white people. The Associated Press is a real news organization, yeah. So why am I reading this headline? Olympic surfing exposes whitewashed native Hawaiian roots. Yeah, the Olympics added surfing this year. Good, surfers deserve to be recognized as athletes. I'm sorry. What I meant to say is, no, that's cultural appropriation. The AP says that for Hawaiians, probably all two of them, including surfing in the Olympics, is an extension of the racial indignity seared into the history of the game and their homeland when white outsiders took over their spiritual art form. I must say, of all the violations of the woke penal code, cultural appropriation just might be the dumbest of all. Cultural appropriation is absurd, as we all know, absolutely absurd. It's not even a real concept, shouldn't even be thought of as such, but here we are. Still getting lectured about it, still having leftists talk to us about it all the time. And in this case, surfing. Yes, surfing is cultural appropriation. You know how Democrats pretended that some of the changes that were made for, ma uh, for balloting, including mail-in balloting in the 2020 election were just about COVID? Well, now they've decided that they're gonna try to get advantages wherever they can in the process, in the voting procedures. And that includes in the state of California, every single registered voter is going to receive a mail-in ballot, which is interesting because like the 2020 general election, Every registered active voter will be mailed a mail-in ballot uh, because they're saying there, was a, there are still a risk of COVID-19. So they're doing this effectively. They're extending the same logic before of, oh, if only you have a situation where COVID is so dangerous like this, you can, you can have universal mail-in ballots. They're saying, well, COVID's still so dangerous that you can have universal mail-in ballots. You know, so... Do you think they're ever going to go away from this? Are they ever going to stop this? I, I don't think so. I think they recognize this as an advantage for them. And you have to ask yourself why. Now, at one level, maybe it's okay. It just makes it so easy to vote that even people who are not particularly motivated or interested in the political process, even the low information voter, if you will, is going to put some mark on their ballot and drop it in the mailbox and that'll be that. Okay, that's part of it. And we can argue whether that's even good for the country or not, that people who find it too difficult to show up once every four years or every two years to cast their vote at a polling place, uh, it, whether or not we want to encourage that. You know, Why not have voting all year? Why not have voting for six months? I mean, there's a lot we can get into. Beyond that, though, you wonder, why do Democrats want to make it so easy to cheat, so hard to get caught cheating? That's a question that I don't think they have any particularly compelling answers for, and it's one they certainly don't want to have to answer. Senator Lindsey Graham, an executive director of the Rhode Island Democratic Party, tweeted, is it wrong to hope he dies from COVID? Asking for a friend. COVID is not over. Lindsey Graham. Hashtag Lindsey Graham. Uh, this is just a, another example of what not to do, which is just be a horrible person on social media. 
be a huge jerk on social media because of someone's politics. We don't want anyone to die of COVID. We don't want anyone based on political party or anything else to be suffering from COVID. But Democrats have made this so deeply political in their minds at this point, you're gonna see some of them that have these uh, outbursts like this, including this, in this case, a Rhode Island uh, Democratic Party official. All right, that's gonna be it for Hold the Line tonight. The No Spin News with Bill O'Reilly is up next. Shields high.